Hey guys, C.S. Joseph, csjoseph.life, doing another episode for season 22. This is episode 7. What are the cognitive transitions uh, for ENTPs? My type, aka the rogue type. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about rogues today and uh, the four sides of the mind and uh, how their uh, transitions work mechanically speaking through uh, chaotic transition versus uh, orderly transition, etc. cetera. Uh, so yeah, just kind of, you know, jumping ahead uh, with the content because why not? Uh, but real quick, if you guys aren't aware, we started season 18. Season 18 will be an email only uh, lecture series. First episode went out, so if you guys have not uh, gotten on our email list, I recommend you actually do. Uh, and that is at csjoseph.life forward slash typegrid. Uh, just put in your first name, hit the I am 16 years old, put in your email address, hit submit. You will be, uh, submit, uh, you'll be sent our typegrid version 2.0. And you'll see that in your uh, email inbox uh, right away. And then just hang on with us. Uh, we'll be sending you probably maybe two to three emails a week. Uh, most of those are just about, hey, there's this lecture coming out, etc. cetera. Uh, information things like that. Uh, as well as uh, some letters to our patrons as well. Uh, so not, not interested in spamming you. It's more of how can I inform you uh, of what is happening or things are coming. So, But also we'll be sending out email lectures uh, to our email list uh, at least once, maybe sometimes twice a month. So if you want to get in on season 18, which is probably the most important season uh, I will ever release, uh, quite frankly, uh, then I recommend you get in on that right away. So uh, anyway, uh, rogues, ENTPs, cognitive transitions, let's talk about that. So how to find them on the type grid. They are starter types, which means they have a hard time finishing what they start. Uh, and, you do, and they're informative, initiating movement, formative meaning they're very indirect with what they say. And uh, instead of just being really direct, this means that they're choosing their own role in the conversation. Uh, if they were direct, but they're not, they're informative, so they're allowing you to choose the role, uh, choose your role in the conversation. What that looks like is, is that they're either going to make a brand, uh, like a broad statement and let you come to a conclusion on your own uh, instead of someone who's direct where they're just going to make a, an explicit uh, statement without any implications. ENTPs are all about uh, are all about implications. Implications are everything to ENTPs. Gosh, I really hope the sound is actually good on this. I'm filming again with the Filmic Pro guys, and I believe I'm doing uh, 720p at 60 frames a second, and I hope the stereo sound is working well. And again, choosing not to film with my microphone again, so hopefully this works out. I'm really hoping uh, the quality is so much better. And uh, it's a $20 app or $15 app, I don't remember, but uh, I was told that like it is the uh, de facto gold standard of filming on an iPhone. so that's what I'm doing. Uh, so yeah, also, uh, my wife decided that I needed to wear something other than black and blue and gray all the time. So she got me a white shark, uh, shirt. So I'm wearing a uh, white shark shirt because, uh, she wanted me to. And, uh, so there you go. Railgun, ladies and gentlemen, got me to wear something different for once. So I love my dear wife. Uh, she is a fantastic, uh, 
a woman. So, anyway, moving forward. Uh, so, uh, back to start type, informative, initiating movement. So, uh, ENTPs, we are initiating. We prefer to go to other people for information instead of having people come to us. Although when people do come to us, sometimes we can't like it because it puts us in the position of power, uh, such as being, because being a responder is a position of power. That's just how that works. And, uh, and we're also very movement. We don't really care so much about the uh, goal or the outcome, although we wish we did, uh, but we are all about progression, uh, meaning that we like to have progress. If we don't have progress, we're going to go crazy. And uh, progress is like everything that we need able to get through things. Progress means that, you know, hey, at least I have progress, at least I have this. And I think it really comes from the fact that we worry about our own future so often because we're worried about actually not getting to the goal, not getting to the outcome, but at least we have progress for it. At least we have that. And that's the thing about ENTPs. If you give them an inch, we will take a mile. We will always take a mile. That's just kind of how we work. Uh, even even the smallest piece of information that we could do uh, severe damage or gain huge amounts of success with the smallest piece of information. It's funny, you're having a conversation with an ENTP. They're asking you questions about a variety of different topics or maybe a specific topic, but the but then trying to get you to say something, but then you say something and that's the piece of information they wanted from you but it had nothing to do with the topic that they were actually talking about. It had something to do with a completely different topic or a different nuance entirely. You can never really tell with the NTPs because their line of questioning or, you know, their logic, uh, if this, then that, right? If this, then that, if this, then that, constantly in their head. It's like they're walking IFTT uh, people. And uh, based on that, uh, it's really important Um you know, it's just to be aware that just because they're conversing with you or having a question or that you're giving the information, the information you give them may not necessarily be relevant uh, to what they're really talking about at that moment in time. It might be for something completely different. You know, and that just plays into their advice of insincerity, uh, you know, versus uh, sincerity. And that's how they can also be really, really informative instead of direct with people in their communication style. So anyway, that's what makes them a starter type, and that's how you identify a starter type uh, within the type grid to help find yourself a rogue or ENTPs. Uh, ENTPs also, uh, they like dressing in black or gray or navy blue, dark colors. Uh, dark colors we're the most comfortable with. The higher the expert intuition a person has, the more they dress in dark colors. Uh, so any parents, NPs in general, uh, any heroes, we all like dressing in dark colors. Dressing for comfort, but also um, just kind of, uh, you know, as much black as possible. I'm wearing, I'm wearing like black pants with this uh, uh, white uh, shirt with, uh, with uh, black sharks on it, but uh, it's still very ENTP kind of thing to do. Also solid white, they can also do maybe solid white and jeans, it just really depends. And, you know, ENTPs clean up real well, especially when it comes to being in suits and whatnot. I mean, they are the Tony Stark type, so let's be honest about that. They can clean up pretty great. Never not be Tony Stark. So, just be aware of that. Uh, 
in terms of like, you know, if you want, really want to spot an ENTP, just look for uh, as much darkness as possible. The whole adage, tall, dark, and handsome, while well, they're talking about an ENTP, uh, coquettish uh, male, basically. ENTPs are all about being coquettes as well with their seductive style. Uh, and I can't wait to uh, be doing the, the lecture series on uh, seductive styles in the future. That's going to be fantastic. So looking forward to that as well. Um, oh yeah, and like, I think we have like a regular posting schedule now. What I'm doing now is I'm filming all the content for like at the beginning of the month or trying to get as much content filmed and then we're just putting them out on a schedule now so they should actually be coming out regularly now. Not something that we've really done so much in the past, uh, but now that like I have a lot more control over the systems of the company and we kind of know what's happening, yeah, well, we're going to have a better release schedule. Anyway, back on topic, because I'm very tangential, because I'm an ENTP. For some reason, people think otherwise, but whatever. They are entitled to their opinion, but they are not entitled to share it. So, anyway, uh, with that being said, uh, also on the type grid temperament-wise, ENTPs are intellectuals, aka NTs. Uh, NTs are very pragmatic, so they're very independent. ENTPs will say one thing and do another. Uh, ENTPs do not ask permission for anything. They only ask for forgiveness. Unless they're ISFJ uh, subconscious focused, then they'll ask for permission every now and then, or they'll feel a lot of social pressure to uh, ask permission in certain situations, but they need to be a little bit more pragmatic to help them develop their ego, etc. And the biggest way I can recommend that is just to get away from your family. Like seriously, just get away from your family ENTPs because if you do that, you can be your own person. The faster you can move out of your family, if you're male or female, the better uh, better off you are because uh, then you can actually like think for yourself for once and not find yourself obligated or loyal to the wrong people, which we'll talk about a lot in a few minutes here. So we know how to deal with that. Uh, so yeah, moving forward, uh, so uh, very pragmatic, very abstract, all about the constant what if, big picture people, uh, ENTPs are also known as visionaries, they're all about the vision, although it's hilarious to me how STPs think they're like ENTPs because, you know, they get involved in the psychedelics and then they feel like they're NE users when the reality situation is they're not, and I always chuckle myself every time I encounter one of those, um, so... It's, it's hilarious. I mean, it's no different than the ESTP, uh, uh, you know, a certain ESTP on YouTube who likes to take a couple of bong hits every now and then and then pretend to be an ENTP on screen. I mean, there's, there's, there's no different. There's no difference there. LOL. When he's like, SE hero, <laughs> whatever. He doesn't make any S what if statements to save his life. I mean, I mean, you'd have to be high at least to do that to get, you know, but whatever, it is what it is. So, uh, so yeah, pragmatic, uh, and they're also very systematic. Um, so ENTPs are, they're method men. They're all about, or women, uh, all about finding the best way to do something, all about systems, etc. And trying to fit people in the systems is very hard, but at least they have expert feeling and a child, which allows them to navigate the social realm well enough, but that uh, every child can be taken advantage of. One thing about every child that's like super annoying though is that when every child's like being nice to a member of the opposite sex, that member of the opposite sex automatically believes that the ENTP is like into them and try to have a relationship with them, which is not actually true. 
ESTPs have this problem all the time as well. Effie child, wherever Effie child is, if Effie child is used towards a member of the opposite sex, for some reason, the member of the opposite sex just assumes or thinks that the ENTP or the ESTP is going after them, which can be a good or bad thing. I don't know how many times I used Effie child in certain situations with the opposite sex and found myself thrown out of a store or a restaurant where the reality of the situation was I was just being nice. I had no desire for that person whatsoever, but they assumed so, and that was a lot of drama that I didn't really need in my life. And that's happened to plenty of other people who have Effie Child that I know. It's really, really annoying. Effie Child also can give ETPs like this uh, reputation uh, for being hoes and hoeing around when the reality of the situation is we're not hoes, but for some reason everyone thinks we are. You know, okay, granted ESTPs do have the nymphomania uh, vice, uh, but, um, you know, sometimes it's like having this attitude of, well, if I'm going to do the time, I may as well do the crime kind of thing. When people start spreading rumors about the ESTP, then they come to that conclusion, and that's not actually the case. So, yeah. But, uh, but moving on, uh, being systematic ENTPs uh, are not really aware of interest things. So like one of the biggest pieces of advice that I can give an ENTP as a result is like, hey guys, you know, uh, anytime you encounter any human, other human being or anytime you're involved with another human being or any situation involving another human, you have to ask yourself this question immediately. It doesn't matter if it's your spouse or your child or any person. This applies to every human being in your life, ENTPs. This is a new system that you need to adopt for yourself and your self-discipline and force yourself to do this every time you encounter another human. So ENTPs, here it is. Ask yourself this question. What it is, what is it this person is getting out of the situation or is this person getting more out of the situation if I am? If the answer is yes, then I am automatically, by default, being manipulated by this person, whether or not this person is aware of said manipulation or not. That is a fact. The faster you ENTPs figure out that you're being taken advantage of so easily because of your SI inferior and your FE child, uh, the better off you'd be. And then, hey, by the way, once you figure that out, you could actually be a little bit more sincere to people because, like, hey, you actually wear all of a sudden using your ESFP superego and piping it through your SI inferior self-discipline where you're literally developing a habit with your SI inferior, the habit of asking yourself, hey, what is this person getting on the situation and are they getting more out of it than I am? And if they are getting more out of it than I am, then that means they are manipulating me and I should probably get rid of that person immediately, get them out of my life. Yes, that's actually how it works. INTJs have that figured out for the most part. Why can't ENTPs do it? Well, it's because they're subconscious, they're unconscious, and the ego, the ENTP, are all systematic, and it's only their superego that is interest-based. So but you can use the interest uh, awareness of your superego by training your SI inferior through self-discipline and forming healthy habits like this one to have the habit of doing an interest check with people. And then eventually you'll grow that habit and be doing constant interest checking with every human being you encounter. I don't know how many people I've blocked this year alone from doing that. And it's always INTJ women who think for some reason that just because they're INTJ women, they're entitled to free stuff from me for some reason. So I just block them and then I laugh at them because, you know, or I expose them publicly after the, after the fact because they're just, you know, they could be, the ones that I've encountered have been really snaky about it and they're like, they're thieves, they're literal thieves. 
always trying to like, but uh, you know, I thought we were closer than just a regular customer, so that means I'm entitled to getting some free advice from you, right? No, it's like really frustrating and they just do that. So watch out ENTPs. Everyone will try to like prey upon that. And another, and another thing regarding that, you know, statistically out of all the types, ENTPs end up being in sexual relationships with people who are like way older than them or way younger than them. Uh, it's never really somebody, it's rarely, if ever, somebody who is in their same age group. It's very rare that that happens. So, and one of the reasons why is because of the lack of in, being interest-based and the fact that an ENTP can just become loyal to just about anyone, which is like really frustrating because that sign fear could do that. Even ENFPs have that risk, but at least ENFPs have FI parent to get in the way. An FI parent can kind of protect the infant that is the SI inferior. A TI parent doesn't really necessarily do that because it has to get in the way and interfere with FE child and SI inferior simultaneously, which means it's a lot more work for TI parent to deal with, right? And the any hero is just so systems focused, it's not really focusing on interests. So do yourself a favor, ENTPs, develop this habit now. Like seriously, do it. Do yourself a big favor because if you don't, you're gonna like have a big problem on your hands. So, but cool. Uh, so yeah, they're NTs and intellectuals. Uh, the virtue and vice already touched on a little bit. Sincerity versus insincerity. Sincerity means is that you know ENTPs are not afraid to tell the harsh truth, whether it benefits them or not. One thing you'll notice about ENTPs, they're very giving people, very very giving people with every child. And uh, while they can covert contract and sometimes can caretake, ENTPs also end up giving a lot to people without expecting anything in return. And it's so funny that after the ENTP becomes a little bit more interest aware by tapping that interest power of their superego into their SI inferior, that all of a sudden they start to realize just how selfish and entitled people really are. And uh, then all of a sudden the ENTP wisely uses TI parent to to basically turn off every child. And that's one of the reasons why TI parent development is so important is by turning off every child because every child just needs to be turned off sometimes. Yeah, you're gonna feel guilty for doing it. You're gonna feel heartless for doing it. But you're gonna have to do it for self-protection ENTPs. It's absolutely necessary or else you're gonna get manipulated AF and you don't even realize it. Find yourself obligated you know, to the wrong people. That's not appropriate, right? So but that also allows you to be sincere. If you wanna develop your sincerity virtue, well, guess what? Turn off your effie child. Otherwise, if you have your effie child turned on all the time, you're gonna to have to become insincere because you're going to have to lie in order to get what you want instead of like being honest and get what you want, which is better every time. People respect you more for it anyway, let's be honest. So so understand that for you know your uh, your temperament, uh, temperance, and entities, and intellectual, systematic, pragmatic, abstract, very important. And then uh, your virtue and vice, sincerity versus insincerity. Uh, and that's kind of where it comes from. So the four sides of the mind of an ENTP, the ego is the ENTP, the subconscious is the ISFJ, also known as the knight, uh, then the uh, unconscious, the INTJ ranger, uh, and the uh, uh, superego is the ESFP, also known as uh, or in this case, chaotic evil joker, uh, demon uh, on crack, etc. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, those are the ENTP four sides of the mind, and each side of the mind, just like with all the types, has its own cognitive transition. The cognitive transition is where you are basically in your ego, and you can transfer to one of the other four sides of the mind to become that type. 
or you could stretch your own soul out within yourself and become multiple types simultaneously. Or as you get more and more skilled, you can oscillate between all four sides of your mind with insane accuracy at rapid speed, second by second. Where like one second you're in ISFJ mode, and then boom, you're in INTJ mode, and then boom, you're in ESFP mode, and just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, constantly as quickly as possible uh, within a certain amount, you know, a small, short window of time, this is actually attainable. So eventually you can stretch yourself and actually be many simultaneously, or you can focus on the one. Cognitive transition is very interesting like that. The more skilled you are, the more neural pathways within your brain that you've opened up to be able to access those sides of your mind and basically think and feel differently, make decisions differently, perceive information differently, uh, consider other people's perspectives, and take on their perspectives as your own perspective with the other sides of your mind, you will become so much more capable, so much more intelligent. And ultimately, that is the path to enlightenment, aka cognitive integration, because the four sides of the mind are disintegrated and they need to be integrated. But if you want to find out more about that path to enlightenment, uh, season 19 further expands on this uh, uh, at csjoseph.live forward slash Patreon, uh, which is like for 25 bucks, you get gold tier membership, and at gold tier membership, you get access to the private lectures, and there's a lot of them. I think we have all of season 14 and more than half of season 19 uh, available. And by the way, INTJ and INFJ is dropping this month. So you guys might want to get in on that. It's a very, uh, very fun month uh, for uh, Patreon uh, this month. So get in on that while you still can. So yeah, uh, back to uh, our main topic here. So four sides of the mind, uh, think of them as like a farm, you have four different fields, and like your ego is the main crop that you uh, that you water, it's very, um, very consistent, very expected, very safe, because you know, you're going to make, you're going to be able to sell that crop and, and, uh, and develop it, the subconscious, uh, it, it sucks, it's, it's an inferior crop, it's not really that great of a crop, but if you develop it over time, it'll become an even better crop than your ego crop. And then your unconscious crop, it's kind of more like, you know, something, yeah, I just kind of have to make it because it helps sustain things for the rest. And uh, I'm not going to be able to have the skills necessary to get to the fourth crop, which is the furthest away crop of your main ego crop to get there. And then sometimes people get foolish and try to go from their ego to their, uh, to their super ego for some reason. That's a problem. And cognitive transitioning with this farm model is you have basically... Uh, the same amount of water that you get to use in this self-contained ecosystem and you could spend all that water all on your ego or you can spend all that water on any of the other four sides of your mind or you can stretch out some of that water between some of the other fields or two fields or one field or three fields or four fields etc and you can move that water through irrigation and pumps uh, throughout uh, each of the irrigation gateways, also known as cognitive gateways, within your mind to be able to access the various areas of your mind using that substance of your soul, which is basically the water in this particular example, right? So with that being said, you know, you have to you have to go through cognitive gateways to be able to handle that. Now, an ENTP, okay, you know, any hero were basically like water, so using a water example is probably the most uh, it's probably the most uh, pertinent. So, um, so uh, that level of pertinence is, uh, you know, it's important. Um, it goes, uh, it goes pretty far. 
uh, to that end. But like, you know, you have to get the water through the gateway somehow. But if you have like a huge water tank and you're emptying it through a gateway and you're doing it all at once with as maximum, with max pressure, it's just gonna go kafunk, kafunk, kafunk. It's gonna come out in a very chaotic manner. It's not gonna flow nice, like a really nice stream, right? Uh, whereas if you have a more controlled uh, pour of that water into the field, basically, it's not going to be it's not going to be chaotic. It's going to be coming out of that tank uh, in a very nice, smooth stream, and that's an orderly cognitive transition where that water is being moved, uh, you know, to that field uh, within this example. So, water. Uh, so everyone has to basically master their four inner cognitive gateways, the four gateways, the gateway to the ego, the gateway to the subconscious, <laughs> the gateway to the unconscious, or aka the shadow, the gateway to the superego, the four sides of the mind, to be able to uh, become their highest self. Um, you know, more than that in season 19. But there's orderly transitions and chaotic transitions. And chaotic transitions, those are the default going through those irrigation gateways or those gateways uh, in a chaotic manner, um, in a forced manner, instead of a controlled manner, right? In a very movement manner, instead of, or a or very progress-oriented manner, uh, you know, it's like, it's like cutting corners, it's just, uh, you know, jumping in, right? Very progress-oriented instead of outcome-focused. You know, order determines outcome, that's why we need to be going through our cognitive gateways in an orderly manner. And with our ego, um, if we're being chaotic with our ego's gateway, well, then we're going to end up developing irresponsibility, irresponsible behavior. Uh, if we develop uh, our second gateway, which is our inferior function, uh, then we're going to be giving into fear. That's a chaotic transition through fear. And then uh, the, the, the third gateway, which is the nemesis gateway or the villain gateway, uh, it's where a person's, you know, the worry is going to be the chaotic transition there. And then the demon at the end uh, uh, is basically, uh, you know, someone's, uh, you know, uh, self-mastery and whatnot. But it's, it's hatred. It's hatred where, uh, where the uh, final gateway is versus love, right? So love instead of hatred, love would be the uh, orderly transition into the superego. Uh, whereas, uh, and then for like the, the third gateway going backwards or going backwards now, the third gateway um, would be instead of worry, it would be certainty, right? And then, uh, and then uh, fear versus faith for the second, uh, for the second uh, gateway. And then, uh, and then basically the responsibility, being focused on responsibility is how to use the uh, first gateway effectively. So those are all the chaotic transitions and the uh, orderly transitions, but how does it actually manifest within an ENTP? So remember, during a person's cognitive development within their ego, their hero function is given to them by default, right? And uh, you know, and then and then your child function develops second, and then your inferior function develops third, and then finally, at last, your parent function develops last. And the parent function also knows the auxiliary function, and this is where people start talking about subtypes. Like, for example, Dave Superpowers, and he goes on and on about subtypes, etc. He's basically describing people who have developed parent functions and underdeveloped parent functions. That's literally it. When he starts talking about people who are like jumpers, etc., a jumper is somebody who is like, oh, well, you know, my uh, I'm jumping over my parent function directly to my child function. 
Uh, and really all that is is that the parent function is just underdeveloped, right? They're using, they prefer to use their hero function and their child function and not necessarily their parent function because their parent function is underdeveloped and it's the parent function that runs interference between the hero and the child function. And that's how that works. Uh, but for some reason, you know, everyone, he, he presents this, um, uh, you know, multi-type uh, theory um, when he's not really looking at the base cognitive attitudes of the functions themselves per se. But that being said, the subtype system is interesting and it is a, a rational way to explain um, you know, the relationships or at least a rational way to label different kinds of people who, have, who are different in various forms of cognitive development, right? Except as they develop, obviously their subtype would change according to a system etc. Whereas where I'm trying to say is like, no, you're, the system is the system, but, and you're not going to change. It's just where are you in your personal cognitive development that determines, you know, you know, where you're at basically. And it's not necessarily your type that's changing. It's just your level of development, your level of integration that's changing. Like, where are you in your personal uh, match maturity? How are you maturing as a person? Are you being more responsible? Are you being more humble? Are you, uh, are you being wise? Uh, are you getting self-mastery? Those kinds of things. And where the cognitive functions actually produce those, those fruits, those results for yourself as a human being, right? And that, that's the difference. Uh, kind of interesting that I'm talking about that here. It wasn't actually, until, it wasn't actually uh, planning on that, but yeah, why not? I always like to throw interesting gold nuggets uh, within these uh, lectures. So, uh, the hero function is the first gateway, and that's expert intuition, which is aware of everyone's collective future. It's basically the zero uh, to the algebra for Jungian analytical psychology. Jungian analytical psychology cannot exist without awareness of the collective unconscious, which is expert intuition, which is awareness of humanity's collective future. It's not so aware of one's own future, although it is aware of one's own future, but it is very limited range, but it, oh, but it is aware of everybody's future at that same limited range. Whereas an NI person, an NI hero, can see one's own future only, but can see only, again, see very far in the future, but for their own selves, not for everybody collectively around them. This is where one of the huge debates with other people have, and a lot of my critics, because they're like, oh, you have your definitions wrong. I'm like, no, actually, you all have your definitions of cognitive functions incorrect. You have them backwards. You need to understand expert intuition and the collective unconscious. The collective unconscious, it's collective, just like TE is collective thinking and FE is collective feeling. You know, collective intuition is expert intuition. Intuition being the unconscious, the collective unconscious. It's not that hard, people. Like, get a dictionary. It's not that hard. So, but, so any hero is the first gateway and it's awareness of everyone else's futures. This is, and because of that awareness of other people's futures, then you have the third gateway, which is introvert intuition nemesis. It's where the ANCP starts to worry about their own future. And, uh, you know, when they're really getting into worrying their own future, and I realize I just skipped the third gateway here, but I don't care. Uh, third gateway wise, you know, when they're worrying about their own future, they try to use their any hero to intertwine their own future with other people so that there is shared mutual uh, destruction, basically. So like, if someone else is successful, uh, if the ENTP helps someone else get successful or someone else has a better future, the ENTP gets a good future as well. So it's kind of interesting, even though they're very systematic, 
uh, at least the ENTP basically knows that, you know, having the shared interest of I'm going to attach my future to your future so that if you're successful, I'm success. But if you fail, then I fail, basically. So that, that, that could backfire. And that's why ENTPs got to be careful who they allow themselves to be loyal to because that loyalty will potentially bite them in the rear is because they attach their future to so many other people and have way too many obligations that it becomes super unsustainable and then their entire life implodes. That's appropriate, right? So yeah, don't do that. Um, but, you know, going beyond that, like, from an any hero uh, standpoint, you know, back to the first gateway, you know, it's all about, you know, being responsible with it. Are you responsibly giving other people better futures? Are you having responsible visions? You know, are they fact-checked? Are they, uh, is there anything behind, you know, the kind of future that you're striving for? Is there any real substance to it? Or are you nothing more than a straw man or a flimsy charlatan? Something that ESTPs are very quick to point out or assume, etc. As many of the ESTPs uh, on uh, on the YouTube uh, blogosphere have uh, pointed out towards me, but too bad none of their uh, uh, criticisms actually stick. Um, unless, of course, they just want to take what I say out of context, then like freak people out over nothing. But apparently, that's just what they want to do. So. I don't know, at least I'm not the one getting bashed for plagiarism, so that's another story entirely. So, with that being said, um, you know, the first gateway is kind of really, you know, it's by default, but really, you know, getting the ability, you know, it's all about being responsible, right? You want to make sure that you are actually being responsible with your hero function and uh, utilizing it to solve actual problems. Sure, give other people better features, but don't do it in such a way where you're not getting anything out of it because that's very irresponsible. And remember what I told you, you guys have to utilize your second gateway to develop the habit of making sure that you are becoming more aware of what other people's interests are in a given situation or interaction with a fellow human being. This is absolutely required. This is absolutely necessary as an ENTP. Otherwise, they'll just take advantage of you because ENTPs get really stupid about this. They believe, INTPs the same, by the way. ENTPs are just trying so hard to find the best way to do something that, you know, an interest-based person, because they're not systematic, they want to create a win-win or a win-lose with them getting the win. They don't, oftentimes, when I find interest-based people not really caring whether or not they take, uh, you know, if they are getting a win and another person is taking a lose. So it's like, yeah, they don't care if the ENTP is taking a lose. They just don't in some cases because they can be selfish because everyone can be selfish. And the ENTP imagines that that lose is they're just sacrificing themselves for the greater good, right? Going all Gellert Grandelwald here, who is also an ENTP, sacrificing oneself for the greater good. Very Tony Stark as well in terms of Avengers Endgame, let's be honest. I discussed that more in Season 14 with the ENTP episode. That's Episode 7 of Season 14. But... Uh, um, having that self-sacrifice, the ENTP is ultimately taking that lose for the sake of the greater good, for the sake of the system, for the sake of the best way of doing something, and that's not appropriate for them because it's not sustainable, and the ENTP needs to learn this as soon as possible. So mastering their gateway of their first gateway is basically coming to that conclusion and then working with their second gateway to make sure that that habit is formed to always ask what a person's interest is in any situation or interaction. What are they getting out of it? And if they're getting more out of it than I am, then I'm being manipulated. Like, and then treat people accordingly. 
call them out. Use your TI parent for once. And it forces TI parents to grow. It's really, really important. It's important to have healthy habits, ENTPs, or you will not be successful. Speaking of healthy habits, so SI inferior is the second gateway, and it's the gateway to the subconscious. You cannot become your best self, ENTPs. You cannot become the ISFJ knight, uh, best self, amazing martial artist, uh, capable uh, uh, fighter uh, for the sake of justice, to bring about justice and fairness upon the land. Uh, basically being a, a witcher of sorts. Um, you can't really, even though like the witcher portrayed uh, in the Netflix show is more of an ESTP, but that's a whole other approach. Um, and that's debatable, by the way. Uh, that's really debatable. So I'll have to watch more of it before I really come to that conclusion. Because the writing changes uh, episode by episode. But uh, with that being said... Um, you know, ENTP, Stockholm Syndrome, becoming loyal to the wrong people, being obligated, taking on too many obligations, or being afraid of the unfamiliar, and just that fear, that, that constant fear, and fear of being uncomfortable, fear of not having their own personal uh, SI needs met, their creature comforts, etc. Uh, it, it, it could be a serious problem. Uh, you know, SI inferior is a serious problem when they give into that fear. And it causes that ISFJ to behave in fear, and it can actually end up exacting justice uh, out of innocent people. And that's the problem with the ISFJ inferior, uh, you know, when it's becoming like, when it's like acting out of fear. Because remember, the uh, virtue advice of the ISFJ is faith versus fear. If the ISFJ subconscious is not acting in accordance to faith, but it's actually acting in accordance to fear, it will basically jump to conclusions, incorrect conclusions about other people, and then it will basically judge the innocent as guilty. And then the, I don't know how many times in my life I've had to apologize to so many innocent people that I judged as guilty, and where I would publicly shame them, or verbally destroy them, or some other dumb abusive behavior uh, from myself where I've had to you know, call out people because I incorrectly believed that I was uh, on the side of justice when the reality of the situation, I was on the side of ignorance and selfishness. And that wasn't really appropriate at all at that point in time. And that could be a serious issue for ENTPs to overcome. And uh, that's what happens when SI inferior is just too afraid and is not transitioning appropriately. It's like, it's a serious issue. Uh, and that's where that chaotic transition comes out of. But, you know, a, an orderly transition into the ISFJ subconscious. The ISFJ subconscious is somebody who actually verifies all their beliefs. It's also somebody who becomes very responsible with the people that it helps. And this basically is when TI parent and the ego is able to turn off every child. Because um, the ISFJ is like, I don't have to like, you know, necessarily caretake for people. And I say caretake on purpose, covert contracting people, which is what happens with SI inferior instead of SI aspirational. That chaotic gateway begins, that chaotic behavior, that fear within the SI inferior ends up covert contracting people. Instead, the ISFJ subconscious knows that it can just do things on its own. The ISFJ subconscious is finally allowing the ENTP to become independent and independent of its own thinking, independent of its own justice, have it, you know, and independent where, well, it is affiliative, but it at least is able to verify its own beliefs. It's not having its head in the sand anymore. It's verifying uh, whether or not someone is deserving of their.
their assistance, deserving, right? Kind of like that last episode of Star Trek Picard where Elnor decided to help uh, Captain Picard, or Admiral Picard, I guess, uh, and uh, and uh, they said, well, what's the requirement of uh, gaining Elnor's help? And Picard says, well, uh, it has to be a lost cause, and it is a lost cause. And, uh, you know, but it's the ISFJ archetype deciding that, you know, it's worthy. So that's the problem with ENTPs. Every child just innately believes that everybody is worthy of help. Because, and then eventually the, uh, the ENTP becomes insanely bitter because of all the people the ENTP has actually helped. And it's like, well, why aren't they helping me? And it's like, because you're covert contracting and you're manipulative ENTPs. That's not how the world works. So you have to use your ISFJ subconscious to turn off your effing child so that you actually start, you know, helping the right people. You know, where you're uh, helping people that you know will help you in for a fact because you make it overt and not covert, you know? You're actually telling them that you have this expectation or you know that when you help people that you aren't going to get anything back. You are aware of that. You can't allow yourself to become bitter. And you just have to realize that people are going to be who they are, but your introverted sensing inferior in its aspirational form allows you to have the ability to endure any hardship and endure literally any suffering. So based on that, you realize that you're really strong and you have endured so much in your life, you can endure a lot more and you know you can. So at that point in time, you're willing to turn off your effing child when you need to because it's like, well, worst case, I'll just do it myself. And that oftentimes is some of the things that I've had to do. Like, especially with like this business, C.S. Joseph, uh, you know, this business that we have, like it's, I have so many people trying to sell me these things all the time. Like actually just the other day on like Facebook Messenger, I had someone message me like, hey, you know, I'll help you, uh, I'll help you out with your ads. You know, if you just, you know, click on this link, give me your email, you know, I'll send you some information on how I can help with your ads and whatnot. And I said, no thanks. And I'm like, well, why not? You're going to need to run ads eventually. And I'm like, well, while that may be true, I'm just going to read a book and figure it out myself. Because that's the thing, guys. I don't want to be obligated. I do not want to be obligated to these people like and obligated to their way of thinking and their training. I've realized that I've suffered so much in my life that I just don't really need those people. I can be my own person and I'm just going to read a bunch of books and figure out all the best ways to do things within those books, th throw out the trash, and then take all that information that... I, that will be a benefit to me and the systems that I have and create a new system based on that information. It's no different than what Bruce Lee did with Kung Fu. He literally studied all the different martial arts styles throughout the world, took the best from each, including boxing, and created a new martial arts system based off that. And it is the ultimate martial arts system in the world, Jeet Kune Do. And then you combine that with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and you just literally have something insanely powerful that is, quite frankly, unmatched at the end of the day. It gives a human being the absolute capability to be successful in any situation, uh, you know, uh, any martial arts or related uh, combat situation on the ground, you know. It just, it, it increases their capability as well as self-mastery and self-discipline, right? All because he put in the extra time. And that's the thing, the ISFJ subconscious is aware that it can put in the extra time. That's the thing, ENTPs, like, you have to realize that you keep thinking that you can be the hare when the reality of the situation is you are the tortoise and you need to be okay with being the tortoise and focus all of your energy to be the, tor the tortoise. Hard work. Hardship. You need to seek hard work. You need to seek hardship. You need to seek failure. You need to seek pain. Because it's only through pain 
Only through the crucible of pain and pain of life will you be successful. This is why I tell ENTPs, if you want to develop your SI inferior, if you want to develop your SI inferior gateway and become the greatest ISFJ subconscious, the greatest version of yourself, if you are afraid of something, if you are unfamiliar with something, then you have to do it. Then you have to familiarize yourself with it. You have to. If afraid, then you have to do it. That is literally how you grow a sign inferior. That's literally how you handle that gateway. And a lot of ENTPs really struggle with that, but that's what you have to do to get over that gateway. That way you stop being afraid and you start being aspirational because you start to remember, oh, I've suffered through all these things in life. Eh, I can suffer this next thing. I can get through this next hardship. It's not a big deal anymore, you know? Like, I used to be, like, really super afraid of things like, uh, like car maintenance or certain forms of homework or divorce or all these stupid things. Uh, leaving a church, for example. Uh, you know, uh, new relationships with people or breaking up with people. Afraid of the stupidest things that are just pretty basic, you know. And... Uh, Quite honestly, it's like, oh, this is such a huge complex system and having to do all this and blah, blah, blah. The thing is, though, is that SI inferior becomes SI aspirational and you have the ability to trial and error your way through anything. And that any additional damage that you take from trial and erroring your way through life, ENTPs, will make you that much more successful, right? It's really, it's really what it's all about. Know, because ENTPs, we have this problem. We don't learn from other people's mistakes. We learn from our own mistakes. That's how it works for us. So we need to allow ourselves to put ourselves in positions to make mistakes. The more mistakes we make as ENTPs, the more successful we will be. You have to understand this fundamental truth about the second gateway to be able to access your ISFJ subconscious without being in a fearful manner. If you do it in a fearful manner, well, then you're gonna destroy people's lives and destroy their futures because you're going to be judging the innocent, like idiots. And then you're gonna feel guilty about it for the rest of your life. I know I do. Then the third gateway, anti-nemesis, which we already talked about a little bit earlier, all about wrapping one's future around with other people being worried about your own future ENTPs. That's the thing, like, you stop being worried about your own future. You need to be certain in your own future. Remember, if you already can endure hardship and be like the tortoise and always be successful through hard work, then what's the problem? Why are you so worried about your own future? I mean, look at Naruto, right? The, the show Naruto. My favorite character in Naruto is Nagato, AKA Pain. Pain, who is an ENTP. Pain, who has suffered the pain of SI inferior and pain of life and learning from his mistakes, not other mistakes, and carrying that guilt that he carries for the fact that his friend Yaiko has been killed, etc. Uh, and it was technically his fault uh, and whatnot, and how he's trying to right the wrongs. And he ends up sacrificing his life, uh, you know, to, uh, and he gives up his life uh, to Naruto, ultimately, the INFJ, and save the Leaf Village and, and uh, give uh, his will, pass it on to Naruto, etc., just like Tony Stark did, right? You know? Sacrifice his life too. So interesting how these ENTPs work. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of kind of the same themes, right? Interesting how it works. But that's that's literally what happens. And you know, anti nemesis, you know, being worried for one's own future, you know, can get us into a lot of trouble. And we have that that uncertainty uh, constantly. This is what leads us to be being the largest hypochondriacs of all the types and a chaotic. Um, <coughs> A chaotic transition into INTJ shadow 
makes us come off as super mega selfish to the point where we will like literally steal from other people. We'll be that like difficult uh, treasure hunter. This is why the NTP is known as the rogue because we'll use the ranger side of our mind to plunder and steal. Um, and people don't even know that we're, that we're doing it, right? And it's also part of the reason why we're so insincere with our insincerity uh, vice because it's like, wow, I'm taking from other people and they don't even know that I'm taking it, right? And, and uh, it's really what causes, you know, an INTJ shadow, you know, it's triple movement, like all INTJs, it's super speed, right? And uh, it likes taking the quick route. So when the ENTP is cutting corners and taking the quick route in life, it's because they're worried about their own future and they're, go and they're gonna lose out on, on opportunities. The thing is, is that the ENTP needs to realize that their NI nemesis is that they have the capability through any hero to create unlimited opportunities for yourself. Literally unlimited opportunity, but the INTP, but the ENTP would have to have more faith in themselves to realize that that was the case, and they get more faith in themselves by seeing how much they suffer. Just like Jafar said, you'd be surprised what you could live through. Okay, that's very ENTP. Be aware of that. You will be surprised what you can live through, and what you live through and what you suffer in life literally gives you power. The more pain you suffer, the more power you have. So start feeling some pain quick, ENTPs, or else you're gonna become weak losers. But you'll end up having the highest strength of character out of anyone you ever meet through ISFJ subconscious as a result of suffering that pain. And because of your ability to withstand and endure and persevere, you will not have to be stealing. You can earn everything on your own. It's funny, I just had a family member of mine actually like offer to buy me a house and do all this stuff for me recently and I told them on the phone in front of my wife like I said no no thanks I will earn it myself I will handle everything myself I am not interested in any of that nope while I appreciate the offer not gonna happen so yeah I will earn it myself and and I and that's the thing you know you have to realize you know INTJ shadow you have to become self-reliant you know self-reliance is super important to have the self-discipline to be self-reliant you have to realize is that your future will be okay as long as you don't give up <coughs> that's the thing like we get so worried about our own future that we start cutting corners and then cutting corners ends up destroying us and harming our own future it's a self-fulfilling prophecy ENTPs stop cutting corners do it right the first time it's probably like the best lesson my father has ever taught me and he's an ENFJ very benevolent fellow and a very cruel fellow at that but at the end of the day, I still appreciate him being my dad because he straight up taught me to do things right the first time. And I never understood the value of that statement until I stopped cutting corners. I even recently cut a corner with my business. It was really rough. I shouldn't have done it. I'll never do it again. Uh, you know, uh, I've cut corners with my health. Stupid of me. Like, it's so stupid because I get so worried about my health and I cut corners. And in fact, one day I cut corner with my health and it almost cost me my liver. What an idiot. You know, maybe I should have actually spent time doing research first. Oh, wait, wait a minute. That's TE Critic, the research function for ENTPs. ENTPs, you need to freaking read. Like, seriously, you need to read, you need to do research. Your TI parent will pick everything out of what you read and your reading material, what you benefit from, and then throw out the rest and you can create a new system if you just read a bunch of books on the same subject. ENTPs, it's okay to boil the ocean. I know you probably have that shopkeep uh, at Grocery Outlet who's an ENFJ getting in your face about how oblivious you are for, you know, and how oblivious you look 
because you're just standing there looking at the candy and snacks aisle and not actually moving any boxes. He's like, well, why aren't you doing anything? He's like, well, I'm planning it all out. And he's like, well, no, you, you're just standing there. And I'm like, okay, whatever, little ENFJ, whatever, little SE child, you know. I mean, you know, and it's like, okay, quit the job, tell him to his face, let her, hey, by the way, just so you know, I think you're stupid. Have a nice day, you know. Like, come on. If I ever had an opportunity to see that ENFJ again, I might actually tell him that to his face because I've probably never met someone more ignorant than him. And someone's got to say it. Because it's like, come on, man. Like, you get out of, you, you go out of your way to get everyone else to listen to you, but you won't listen to yourself. That makes you ignorant, which basically makes you unintelligent. Thank you very much, Mr. ENFJ Shopkeep, who thinks he's going to be the master of grocery outlet one day. Thank you very much because you're not, and I don't understand how anyone would want to be loyal to you because of your inability to understand people, and yet you pride yourself for understanding people because apparently you're an hero, which automatically gives you all the authority to understand people, and when you don't understand people, then you make them conform to a mold that you believe is the right mold because you're affiliative and you're TI inferior, so you're too stubborn to listen to anyone else and take on any input. Such a waste. I hope everyone abandons you. They probably have. I don't know. So... But hey, people can change. Maybe he's changed by now. Who knows? I'd be fine with that. Everyone can change. Except for some reason, ENFJs don't believe people can change. Or actually, Templar types in general have a hard time believing that people can change. Which is really frustrating to me. It's like, they're supposed to be so forgiving, and yet they decide to like arbitrarily not be forgiving. It's really frustrating. So third gateway, anti-nemesis, uh, or the villain, you know, it, it can become an ally. And the ally is, is that you actually go out of your way to make sure that you're not allowing yourself to have like this echo chamber in your head. Because remember, the ignorance of TI parent or the ignorance of TI in general is two things. Having last, relying on last known input, so you're making decisions based on your last known information or preferred input, which is basically an echo chamber. You're only listening to thinking or decisions or judgments from other people that you like, that, that you prefer to listen to. And that's an echo chamber. This is why TE users get so frustrated with TI users and often complain that TI users are coming off arrogant because they're like, well, how do you think you know everything because you know, you're just in an echo chamber in your head or maybe you're just relying on last known input. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and because TE users don't do that, so they automatically assume TI users are being arrogant as a result. And it's funny because TI users automatically assume TE users are being ignorant because it's like, well, you don't even verify your stupid beliefs anyway, so why should I listen to you, right? Everyone is wrong. Everyone is inferior in thinking, be it TI or TE. No one's more correct than the other. The difference is, is that, you know, it's just who, who's willing to go beyond just their own nose. You know what I'm saying? Who's willing to go beyond just themselves? That's really the difference, guys. That's, that's, that's where the rubber meets the road. <clears throat> Gosh, what a, what a drive. Anyway, I think I'm like on hour six of driving today. It's just, it's just insanity. It's like literally insanity. Um, all right, I'm finishing like an audio book immediately after finishing this lecture and starting another one. Gotta get all those books in, you know, because I'm reading, right? Because that's what TE Critic is all about. You need to read. Because your NI nemesis will not be able to have your own future unless you read. Reading helps because it helps you create good systems so that you can be certain in your future. Why else do you think you're so systematic? You need to bring certainty to your NI nemesis and you will not be certain unless you do 
research to be able to create systems that you are certain of to get rid of your NI nemesis worry. Get over your worry. And then you're certain, and then you have that certainty. Certainty is everything to your nemesis function. So you can get over your worry, and then you're certain, and then all of a sudden that, uh, that INTJ shadow is wise. Instead of being foolish and cutting corners, it's wise and actually guaranteeing that you will give yourself a good future, and you'll be able to pick the appropriate opportunities, and you'll be able to focus. Here's another way to also make yourself certain. You use your introverted intuition nemesis, your INTJ shadow to actually finish things. You are a starter type, okay? So what you need to do is cut off all incoming information from other people. Shut your door, shut your phone off, whatever it is you have to do and use your SI and your self-discipline to do it. Become self-disciplined and cut people off for a certain amount of time so you can actually get work done. For example, my phone is set to do not disturb right now so I could film this lecture and I don't have any contact with people when I drive because driving time is sacred to me because I actually get work done by reading and filming lectures and being a responsible human being while on the road because I do not allow a single moment of my time to be wasted. Every now and then I'll listen to music as well because like I like how Spotify has release radar or discovery playlists and I listen to those to keep my music tastes uh, current uh, because I'm planning on uh, getting into music and producing my own music in the near future, but that's another thing entirely. So yeah, ENTPs, that's what you gotta do. You need to get certainty so that you can have your INTJ shadow working for you instead of against you, okay? Stop cutting corners and do it right the first time. You don't know how to do it right? Well, find out. Go research. Get off your lazy ass and do it. I'm tired of y'all being lazy. I used to be lazy, now I don't. I even got a little bit lazy last year because I got like super focused on my health problems instead of actually getting work done when I should have realized that by reading so much, I would actually get a lot of my health problems fixed, uh, you know, instead of like being in the situation. And in fact, it's actually caused me to grow closer to my wife uh, in my marriage to her because, you know, I'm saving all that additional time to be able to read books with her and she's getting smarter as I am getting smarter as well. And we're both growing our TE critics simultaneously. Maybe you guys should figure that out, all right? And then finally, the fourth gateway, the fourth gateway into the superego of the ENTP, the superego, um, the ESFP superego, which is where it's all about hatred. It's where uh, it's where a person, an ENTP's bitterness exists. Because SI inferior can remember every single person that's ever screwed it ever. And this is where revenge exists within the, ES, the ENTP. The ENTPs, they're, we're, we are all about revenge. If we ever have the opportunity to press the button on somebody, we definitely will. If they ever wronged us in the past, we will have our revenge, we will get ours, and it can be very vengeful and very, it's all about hatred because those people become permanent SE totems within our souls. People have screwed us in the past and we remember those people and their faces indefinitely. Just so that 10 years down the road when they're not looking because revenge is a dish best served cold, we will serve it to them when they least expect it and deliver a killing blow or some kind of blow that will uh, permanently maim them so that they never forget us because we will never forget the pain that they have wrought upon us. They will never forget the pain we will wrought upon them. This is why you have Ramsey Bolton in Game of Thrones cutting off uh, Theon Greyjoy's dick because uh, that will be a permanent memory on Theon for like the rest of his existence. And, uh, and uh, um, Ramsey Bolton is uh, very happy and joyful to, uh, 
uh, relieve um, Theon of his favorite toy, etc. That's literally SE Demon, folks. That's how it works. Permanent, memorable damage that will haunt them for the rest of their life. And it's because of the bitterness of SI Inferior uh, dripping down to the SE Demon, because the bitterness that's there of all the suffering that other people have caused to the ENTP and all the injustices that the ENTP has um, suffered. Uh, then it just decides to go to the SE Demon hatred and utilize, and take revenge on people. And that's how the hatred comes out with the ESFP uh, superego. However, it's very important for the SE Demon to learn how to love people and recognize that everyone makes mistakes and that maybe revenge shouldn't be taken, but instead show mercy with ISFJ subconscious and forgive people because guess what, ENTPs, you know, we're... We're assholes, let's be honest. We're not that great of a people ourselves and uh, we cause a lot of damage ourselves. And if we want to be shown mercy, maybe we should be showing mercy. So yeah, that's right, ENTPs, you need to show mercy. It's the right thing to do, it's the best thing to do. It's, it's really what you need to do. You have to show mercy because unless you're gonna show mercy, you will not be shown mercy. Right, so you can't be taking revenge. You know, there's a reason why in the Bible it says, "Is uh, revenge belongs to God. Uh, revenge is mine and only mine," says the Lord God, not you, not anyone. Because, quite frankly, this world will not get better unless we learn how to forgive our fellow man. So we have to recognize with our ISFJ subconscious, if we're able to persevere, if we're able to take the hits, if we're able to suffer the injustices of life, if we're able to uh, be steadfast and you know and valiant and take all of these, uh, take all this hit and suffer all this pain and still be better for it, we have to still have mercy and take the hits that our fellow men you know, nail us with basically. Because remember what uh, what Rocky Balboa said in the most recent Rocky film, life is not about the blows you land. Life is about the blows you can take. It's all about how many hits you can take. And if you're used to able to take hits so much, you'd be growing so much stronger for it. How about you appreciate that pain and the gifts that that pain has given you and forgive your fellow man. Recognize that their pain is probably what caused them to do that to you in the first place. Or maybe you'll find out that your TI was actually ignorant because you're relying on preferred input or last known input because you were ignorant like an idiot. And uh, maybe you should actually have mercy on those people because you probably might not have been aware of all the information in that situation yet you decided to take out revenge on them. What a moron, don't be that guy. I'll admit that I have been that guy. But yeah, don't, uh, don't be that guy, ENTPs learn to love people. You have to forgive them. You have to be merciful towards them. And, you know, that's literally how the ISFJ subconscious can build, can uh, benefit the superego, you know. And then besides, if you're also learning the superego's interest-based uh, awareness and piping that directly into your SI inferior self-discipline, and you're not allowing other people to take advantage of you, even though you're triple systematic and not very interest-based, if you develop that habit for yourselves, ENTPs, Less people will manipulate you, which means you'll be less bitter. Think about that, which means you'll be more forgiving. Think about that, which means you will be forgiven. Huh. So, yeah, love people. You know, it's, it's written. Love your neighbor as yourself. But you cannot love anyone else unless you love yourself first. It's not that hard. Get a grip, ENTPs. Recognize that this is what you need to do. 
for your superego. And that is the that is the orderly transition. That is, you know, through showing love through your orderly transition and not hatred, folks. It's like, it's not, it's, this is very basic. This is very basic. As a result of understanding how your chaotic transitions work at first versus your orderly transitions, you'll basically get closer to the path of enlightenment. If you want to go deeper on that, there's more information about that at csjoseph.life forward slash Patreon. Watch the season 19 episodes. INTJ and INFJ comes out this month, February 2020, which will be dope, and I hope to see you there. If you found this lecture useful, helpful, educational, enlightening, please subscribe to the channel here on YouTube, also on the podcast, csjoseph.life forward slash podcast to get on the podcast. Leave a comment below if you have any questions about ENTPs and the like, and then please like uh, us as well. We like likes. Likes are dope. Um, don't forget, guys, I read like every comment. Like I read all of them. May not respond to all of them, but I read them. And if I heart a comment, that basically means I've read it. That doesn't necessarily mean I like the comment. That just means that I've read it. It's like me marking it as read so that you guys know. So I don't necessarily read replies, but I do uh, fresh comments. So if you guys aren't seeing me reply to replies, well, you probably might want to make a fresh comment because then I'll be able to read that, etc. And no, it's not another member of my team doing it. It's actually me doing it. So don't, you know, freak out about that. So... Anyway, folks, uh, thanks for uh, watching and listening, and uh, I'll see you guys tonight.